When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Hello, welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I am here today with Lauren Cohen. Lauren, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Jeff, for having me. Absolutely. So start off, tell our listeners who you are, where you're from. Well, I am now in South Florida, originally from Toronto. Glad to be here, especially this time of year. This is when it gets more and more appealing to be in Florida and not <laughs> Toronto. Right. And I am a cross-border lawyer and real estate investor and real estate investment expert. And I help people from all over the world invest all over the world, especially invest into the U.S., obtain immigration visas if that's the path they, path they wish to choose, and make sure that they dot all their I's and cross their T's while they're doing so. Got it. Well, I definitely have some questions for you, even outside of the list of questions I have in front of me. So uh, very interested to dive into this conversation. But what got you into the real estate industry in the first place? What was like your first exposure to real estate? So my mom was a realtor when I was growing up in Toronto. And Toronto is a crazy market, as you know, like Huntington Beach. It's like the prices are out of control. You know, you put a little shack uh, in the middle of the city and it's worth $2 million and there's like 500 square feet. So right. that's how Toronto is. That's how it's been for most of my life. Um, my, my mom went into real estate probably around, around 25 years ago when it was really getting hot. And so I grew up in that area and in that industry. And then, well, I guess it was more than 25 actually, now that I think about it. It was about 35 years ago. That's how I grew up. I'm trying to do the math. I'm not doing well at the math. So anyway, um, I always had an inkling for it. I dabbled in some real estate investing in Toronto. And then when I got to Florida and I got my real estate license as soon as I got my green card and I could have the freedom to be an independent contractor. And um, from there, I basically did nothing with it for about 12 years, literally nothing. I just had this license. I referred a a client here or there, and I joined EXP and became the chair or was named the chair of the International Investment Committee about a year ago. And really since then, it's been just a crazy ride of investment opportunities. I'm the I'm on the commercial side now. I've done tons of EB5. And so I've been dabbling in real estate for a very long time. Awesome. 
and I heard EXP in there. I'm an EXP commercial agent, and uh, I focus on multifamily investments from five to 50 units in Orange County, California. Well, if you find any that are off market or great deals, which everybody probably asks you every single day, send them to me because I have clients chomping at the bit to get into multifamily. Maybe not as much in California because the numbers aren't so appealing, but certainly um, if there's something great, we're happy to look at it. Cap rates are compressed, but that's actually what I focus on. So we'll be talking. Oh, cool. I, I have, I mean, dozens of deals right now off market. Yeah, Send them so. my way. See that? You just never know where the podcast will go, right? <laughs> I know. So, yeah, one question that I did have before we dive into the to the rest of the podcast, I'm actually, I think this would be applicable to a lot of my listeners and it'll help me. So I'm interested currently in an investment property for a single family residence near Disneyland. It's a three bed, two bath, and my wife and I want to buy it and immediately start airbnb it. So our question is, we also then want to get into our next house. So we, we sold one in, in June, made a killing, um, sold it like 150K over asking, and we've just been renting near the beach since then, kind of waiting, see what the market does, and then we're going to get back in. So our thought is, we would love to just pick up this investment property that looks, it's been flipped, it's, it looks ready to go, you know, turn it into an Airbnb from day one, buy it as an investment property. And then our question is, but how soon after then would that income be able to be shown to offset that mortgage and we could then go buy another place, right, for ourselves? And so that's kind of our question. And, you know, maybe that would fall under like the real estate law or, or any of your experience with that investment side. Um, do you have any guidance for us there? So like how I specialize long in Orlando, actually. It's ironic okay. because we have just built a whole, we, we, I just set up a call tonight to speak with one of the sales guys at the new, one of the new construction projects in Orlando, because we have two investors that are ready to sign contracts. There's a huge activity in Orlando. There's lots of money coming in from all over the world. And I don't focus on the mortgage side or the refinance side, other right. than to provide mortgage and refinance opportunities to clients that are investing in Orlando, particularly from outside of the country. And we are actually doing twice weekly calls. You didn't even know this. So he didn't know to ask me this. It wasn't a plant, okay? <laughs> but we're doing twice weekly Q&A sessions to talk about the Orlando market and the opportunities, both in resale and a new construction. And it could be from condo all the way up to 10 bedroom crazy size homes. And of course, you can buy a 10 bedroom home in Orlando for under a million dollars. I don't think you can do that in Huntington Beach, can you? No. <laughs> so if you'd like to see, I, I, I actually was doing a promotion of a, another realtor's listing. I'd love to show it to you and not today, but, and it, you know, there's some amazing, amazing opportunities and you can make like 16, 18, 19, even $2,000 a night renting these out on Airbnb. And sometimes they have lease back options. I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, you're in California, I'm in Florida. People are coming in droves. They want to get out of the cold. Why do they need to be in the cold? We had, at my son's school, there's only 400 families. A hundred of them came in over the summer. That's how busy it's been. And I'm in South Florida. So, and Orlando is like magnified because they're coming from everywhere because everybody knows Disney and, you know, Universal and they're building parks and it's just an insane thing. And not only are you able to make good cap rate and six is like the lowest, 
but you're also able to make good upside, which wasn't the case in Orlando 10 years ago, but now it is. And the properties are, the values are increasing. So if you want to speak to me about getting into something even that's pre-construction, the numbers are amazing, to be honest with you, Jeff, and you and your wife would have an opportunity to use this part-time, rent it out, do Airbnb, everything like that. Amazing. Well, definitely going to run that by her today after work. Uh, That's Awesome to hear. And I know that some of my investor friends are like, man, Florida, Florida's the, Florida's the call. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's a crazy, so. it's a crazy thing. Like it's, you know, the numbers, we just have low numbers. South Florida is a little nuts right now, like yeah. everywhere, <laughs> but in Orlando, the opportunities are still abounding. And I mean, a lot of this stuff is on my, my YouTube channel, which I'd love to share with you. And you can check Absolutely. out some of these these promotional webinars that we're doing to answer questions. Now, granted, I mean, I'm ha- I have a lot of referrals coming in to us from other EXPers, particularly from outside of the state, because we can give referral fees. So you can get a nice referral fee, cut your commission down. You know, I mean, these are these are very lucrative. So it's a great opportunity to collaborate, which is what we're all about here at EXP, right? Right. Absolutely. And feel free to plug your YouTube channel. This is about you. And, you know, I'm definitely going to be linking below this podcast episode, you know, back to you so that this conversation, it won't only be me referring, you know, my either my investment or other investors to you, but the listeners that I have, you know, you know, also referring to you. So um, what's the YouTube channel? It's investing across borders. Imagine that, which is also Imagine the name that. of my podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm <laughs> building everything around investing across borders. Awesome. Um, we also have real estate across borders. That's where we put our webinars and our masterminds. I have a realtor mastermind. I just hosted it today. Maybe you'll come to the next one. And it's basically helping realtors build interna- an international pipeline, both of referrals as well as clients, because you need both. You know, we have what, 18 countries at EXP now that we can refer people to our partners in those 18 countries. But how do you do that? What does that look like? I'm just about to sign my 29th referral agreement. So that's my, that's what I do every day. I'm a, I'm, I'm a great referral agent. People love me because I can help with the legal side as well as refer them a lot of business all over, you know, so it, it works. It's a win-win and that's what I'm all about. So um, my YouTube channel, as I said, investing across borders and um, my, that will be investing across borders.net is where we're going to be housing our main portal going forward. Awesome. Well, I love that. And we'll definitely link to it below. So to dive into some of the questions that I prepared for you, I'm curious as a successful entrepreneur, you know, what's the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? Um, I think having definitely exercise. I mean, I wake up even I've been sick. So I had COVID in August and yes, I'm Mm. vaccinated, but I had COVID and you can hear my voice, right? It sounds raspy. I don't have a raspy voice. Well, maybe now I do. I hope this isn't permanent, but Interesting. when I, it, it's been three months of suffering through this voice. And when I mm. exercise intensely, it really hurts. My throat is very, very sore, but still I have to do some exercise every day because it puts your mind in the right place. Mindset is key. Working with people that are aligned with you is key building networks and relationships. Everything I do is about relationships. Okay. By the way, one of my partners just was at Richard Branson's Island 
And uh, she just came back from being invited there. And she said it was the most incredible experience of her life. She just texted me just before we got on the call. So, you know, we're, we're working hard and um, we have to find balance. And without that balance and without looking after yourself, I mean, you know, there's only so much we can do. Of course, I can't fix my voice, but I have to work, keep my mind, set my mind occupied, my mindset positive, focused on going forward and always helping to drive other people's success. I love that. So exercise being a, a big key to then put you in that state. Yeah. Right? Tony Robbins talks about how like your physiology affects everything else. So that's a big part of it. I think it's your focus, the language, and then your physiology is like what compromises your state. And I've noticed that too, that on the days that I work out, I'm definitely in a different type of mood, a, a different level of energy, different level of happiness. And you kind of just operate on a different wavelength. And then you can connect with others that are like-minded. So yeah. great point there. And I appreciate you touching on that. Sorry to hear about the the lasting effects from COVID. It's awful, that's, that's honestly. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just, I would never have thought, I wasn't so sick when I had this silly disease, but since then for three months, this has been going on. And as a speaker, a professional speaker, right. you know, <laughs> it's kind of challenging. Yesterday I had to cancel three three meetings. So today I kept my, I had my webinar and then this, so that's it. Um, two a day is my max because my voice goes. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. Um, last two days I was out sick and it was actually, I got the COVID test earlier today just to be sure. Cause I do have a, a dinner this weekend with some friends and I just want to make sure I'm not exposing <laughs> anyone, but, um, I don't think it's COVID cause I've had it before. And, uh, this seemed more like a common cold. Uh, was at a convention last week, you know, oh, you long days, late nights. I was at EXP con. Then over the weekend, I went to my nephew's yeah, birthday party with five-year-olds running everywhere. I think I just right. ran myself down, caught a little exactly. cold. Um, I'm already feeling better, but I kind of feel you. Like I missed Tuesday, Wednesday this week and had to cancel like six meetings. Now those are all pushed to today and, and next week and right. next mm -hmm. week's Thanksgiving. And then I'm going on a week vacation and it's like, oh no, that was a critical like two days to miss. So um, not being able to operate at a hundred percent, you know, it, it really is a bummer, but the best defense against that is that physical activity that you mentioned and yeah. just being able to, you know, wake up, get out of bed, go on a run, you know, do whatever you need to do to keep your body healthy. I, I've always been a big proponent of that. And one of my single greatest material advantages, I think throughout my career has been a big focus on, on um, the types of food that I put in my body. Uh, Cause I've always been a part of this, you know, this fitness company that, yeah, they're like a, a MLM, kind of like EXP, but I've no, really don't say that about EXP. We're not supposed to say that. Remember? We're not supposed to say that. But you you can recruit people, but it's right. a good one. It's it's a good one. No, I mean the the health company that I, I work with is is like now top in the world, super ethical. Like I've met the founders, really love the whole concept. But their products are like second to none. And that's the reason why I actually, even though I've I've never really built the business side of it, which is an option, I just haven't. The products have really put me in a place where I've always been healthy. I never get sick. Like this is so rare. Like everyone around me has been like, dude, you have a cold. You never get sick. Right. So that ability to operate at a high level every single day, you know, I think it just creates an advantage that if you're not run down, nutrient depleted, like grabbing for coffee and energy drinks all the time, cause you just have no energy. Like it's a totally different ballgame. So just wanted to kind of wrap up that whole thought there, but 
now back to Lauren. So I'm curious about, you know, what today you'd mentioned a lot of referral business. You mentioned, you know, you have the podcast, you have YouTube, you have all these things going on digitally. So do you have like one lead generation source that's most profitable for you? Um, and I, I like to say other than referrals, because I, I know that my, always it's my always going to be number one. It's always going to be number one. So I like to say other than referrals, because I want to focus more on the things that are available digitally to, to everyone. You know, is there something out there that you're like, man, this one thing is pretty awesome. I can't. Um, it's always going to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn is about business to business relationships and B2B relationships are the key to my success because of the referrals. So LinkedIn drives referrals. Okay. It may not be my end client, although sometimes it is, but it's always going to be building the relationship that then drives the referral that then ends up being the client or helping them to build their business. And when I say referral agreements, I don't mean that they're that like you're referring a client to me necessarily to do legal and structure and all of that. Referral agreements is me giving you a client that wants to buy multifamily in California, get that referral agreement in place. That's where I'm doing my 29th today. So hmm. I, that, that's a big part of my business because I get a lot of referrals in that are looking for real estate all over the country and all over the world. Actually, I probably have as many referral agreements in place in Canada as I do here. I'm originally from Canada. So, you know, and I do a lot of work with tons and tons of Canadians. I call me the Canadian whisperer. So, although, <laughs> you know, maybe that's appropriate. Maybe they shouldn't call me that anymore. Maybe that's why I can't talk. But anyway, it's been a great opportunity because when you refer somebody, you're gifting them and then you build a relationship with them. They are hopefully appreciative, not always, depending on the client, and it becomes a win-win. And even though in the real estate world, you get referral fees, that's not always the case. Like in the legal world, you don't always get referral fees, especially from California lawyers, not a chance. It's not legal. So you just do a kind of trade and that's where the collaboration comes in. Interesting. So you're not relying on people to know who you are and your unique value and refer based on LinkedIn. You're actually using LinkedIn to search your network and refer out in many cases, right? Yeah, I'll give Which, you a perfect example. So yeah. recently I had a client who was planning to invest in Cambodia in a business, not real estate. And I didn't have contacts in Cambodia other than the fact that my cousin had lived in Cambodia for a year or two or something. So I was like, okay, I can figure this out. So I went on LinkedIn. I connected with probably 50 lawyers in Cambodia, spoke with about 10 of them, narrowed it down to two of them that, you know, I vetted them. Then I made the introductions. I, after making sure that they met with my qualifications, the client ended up not going forward with the deal, but that's the kind of relationships that you're not going to find elsewhere. I mean, I'm, what am I, how am I going to find a lawyer in Cambodia? At least on LinkedIn, they have, so, hopefully if they're legit, and of course, you know, not everybody's legit, but there's some kind of endorsement. There's some something that's gone on to show you that they're for real. Right. No, that's really smart. I think that's a great way to use LinkedIn. So much of the digital marketing space, I feel like the expectation is inbound. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that 
you're going to put an ad out there, work with an agency like mine, and you know we're going to get home buyers and home sellers coming to you. And we can do that on a lot of platforms, but LinkedIn's kind of an, an anomaly because it is B two B. And in the past, my agency we've used it more for recruiting. But I love your approach of more outbound. Like when when you have a, a need to to find a professional in a different area, you go to the professional network that's the biggest in the world, right? And you you then create that connection because even though you didn't do a deal with those two lawyers, now you have that connection. I have now a they connection. Understand. Not they that understand, it's going to but... come along so often, but now I actually had somebody asking me for the same thing in Nigeria. So now right. I'll start doing that in Nigeria. Another good example, Jeff, which this one is really applicable to you, talk about 1031. So I recently had a referral that was supposed to, and again, the 1031 decided to go elsewhere, but that had nothing to do with me. They just decided to invest elsewhere. They wanted to invest a certain amount in a certain location. And I had all the connections I needed in that location on LinkedIn, but I used LinkedIn to make the request simple. So this was basically me saying, I have a client that wants to invest X dollars in your area in this type of project. Do you have something? So what happens? I open all those doors now to have communications with those people, those connections, right? And that's what LinkedIn is all about. And actually, that's really what I'm all about because relationships, as I mentioned at the beginning, that's our relationship capital is always going to be my number one most important asset. So absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I never underestimate the value of a new connection. Never. Or an old one for that matter that you haven't hey, connected true. with in a long time. We are just doing a re- an outreach to all of my old clients that probably have their visas due for renewal. And I've been reticent because I had shifted gears for a little while. And now it's now it's time to be back in touch with them, get them our newsletter, get them on side, get them into the, on our YouTube channel and so on. No, I, I love that. And... I had never thought of it that way, but you just illuminated something for me. Like, you know what? It has been a habit of mine to always create new connections, but really leveraging your database as it exists and keeping in touch with them is almost more important. I mean, you got to create the new, but yeah. yeah, no, that's something that definitely is a, is a area that I can improve on is leveraging the old connections. We can you all never know who you already know. <laughs> that's what the ma- that's why yeah. I do this mastermind because everybody has something to contribute to each other. No matter how successful you are, everybody needs a coach. I mean, look, I'm sh- Tony Robbins has a coach. He's not doing this on his own. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Grant Cardone has a coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've done Tony Robbins coaching in the past and, you know, it's rare that I don't have a coach at any given exactly. point in my career, in my life. So with that, I'm curious, you know, what you do for your clients that nobody else does in the industry that you know of? You've mentioned some unique things, but is there something that, that uh, you can just make it like concrete and, uh, and maybe share a secret? So my superpower rests in being able to see things that other lawyers and consultants don't see. Why? Because I'm a lawyer and a consultant and a business strategist and a realtor. So I can see all of these avenues to achieving the client's goals that others can't. For example, Mm -hmm. immigration attorneys are limited. I don't mean to limit you guys, but generally limited because they're thinking in the immigration box. Business brokers are thinking in the business broker box. Realtors are generally thinking in the realtor box. Business consultants are not thinking about international stuff. I'm thinking about all of those things. So my superpower rests in paving a path to clients, invest 
this is my, my tagline, investing, living, working, and playing across borders. And that's the reality. Nobody else does that, especially not somebody that's from Canada in the US that's a dually licensed cross-border lawyer and realtor. And so really that's what I bring to clients is that superpower of being able to see the vision to achieving your goals internationally. I love that. That is a great, really condensed, punchy headline for your unique value proposition. And and I tend to agree with that, that you know the unique value proposition that I offer to uh, owners of multifamily investments is this incredible network from having this podcast, from having a real estate marketing agency for four years and working with top 1% real estate mortgage brokers and investors for four years. I've learned secrets and tactics that investors just don't know if you're, if you're not talking to and being a part of these masterminds. Right. And that, that comes down to tax deferral strategies. That comes down to having a network of buyers where you don't have to list it. You can still get offers through me because mm-hmm. I have buyers like you through your network. And, and so it's a very interesting position to be in because I get so much exposure that it's, it's not the same type of exposure that a real estate broker at Marcus Miller Chap in Orange County would have. Right because they're, they're limited to their closed market and what's happening here. And, and so I really like that your unique value proposition is, is kind of similar to mine in that, that you have the ability to see a little bit more of a holistic picture and help them achieve their goal with a, a myriad of strategies. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really yeah, like that. The, the, it's really all about strategy and I can't really work with a client that doesn't have a strategy. If somebody just says, oh, I just want to buy something in Detroit. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. We have to figure <laughs> out why, where are you going with this? What's what, what's the goal? Do you need a, <coughs> a company set up? What does that all look like? And also you mentioned something else, which is um, about your about your access to all the multifamily. So in that, and this is probably not specifically for the podcast, but do you have access to off-market properties, off-market multifamily outside of California, or is it just in California? Well, we have access to that primarily because of our lead generation efforts. So we have the ability to activate it in any market. Our okay. focus right now is I, I want to feed my team and really focus on Southern California. But 100%, if we wanted, okay. if we saw that there was an opportunity zone somewhere and we wanted to really target that city, um, we could activate it at any city at any time and replicate the process that we're doing here, which awesome. by the way, it's very competitive here. So the systems we've refined here would work anywhere. Would work anywhere, right, yeah. for sure. Just like South Florida now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, with that being said, I'm happy to talk, um, for example, Brownsville, Texas, new Tesla factory, phenomenal opportunity, zone, right? Yes. So, so stuff like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, this is a, they're going to bring 40,000 jobs over the next five years. That city is going to explode. Yeah. Texas house prices are still relatively low. Like things like that, we could start targeting all the six unit to 12 unit to 15 unit multifamilies in that area and, and start to generate off market leads. So yeah, let's talk. Sounds good. Um, so I want to get on to some of the influences that helped get you to this point. You've mentioned coaching, you mentioned mentors. One of the most accessible ways though, the most inexpensive ways is to read a book, right? For 10 mm-hmm. or 15 bucks, you can have someone's life work distilled down into 200 or 300 pages. So what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career? So the probably the most influential and the one I read first, and since I've had the pleasure of actually coaching with the author is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. 
and the E-Myth mm-hmm. Revisited and the E-Myth for real estate investors and the E-Myth for lawyers and the E-Myth for everybody because the E-Myth is really for everybody. And for those of you that don't know what the E-Myth is, you should go and grab this book or listen to it on Audible. It basically t- teaches you that you need to know how to do everything, but then basically be able to delegate to people that you trust to do it. But if you don't know how to do it yourself, and believe me, some of these systems I have in place, I'm not really an expert, but you have to know enough that if the if that person, that person cannot be irreplaceable. So, you know, Michael Gerber is just incredible. Um, I, as I said, I had the opportunity to coach with him a few years ago, and it was a wonderful experience. He's just a lovely, lovely man. Um, still the entrepreneur at heart and probably was one of the first entrepreneur. That was probably one of the first entrepreneur books out on the market that he was kind of a trailblazer in that way. Um, I think the uh, there's so many books that I love that what's it called? The... Um, well, emotion, anything about emotional intelligence, because emotional intelligence is really important when you're building a business and scaling a business. And um, all of a sudden, I forget the name of the book that I love that's about like focusing on that one thing. What's that called? I forget the name now. It's a, um, you push all the other things aside and you focus on the one thing. It's the, I can't remember. I'm sorry. There's the one thing. Maybe like, it yeah. was the one thing. Maybe that's why, maybe that's what it's called. Who wrote yeah. that book? Uh, I have it in my bookshelf right here. It is, uh, hang on one sec. I thought that it was Gary Keller. It is Gary Keller with Yeah, with Gary Keller. Yeah, that's a great book. It's excellent. That's an excellent book. Even though Gary Keller is not with EXP, that's, you know, I mean, he has his own <laughs> Keller Williams. It's gone, kind of done well, but you we should are just getting join a lot of EXP over from there. And, so. and just bring, yeah, we're getting a lot of exactly, KW. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so um, I think that you can get a tidbit from almost any entrepreneurial book. I love reading Brene Brown, which is about kind of like a little bit related to emotional intelligence and trust and going into your fear. It's just been a ride for me and always rely on books and coaches. And I think the number one thing anybody can do for themselves is hire yourself a coach. Absolutely. So critical. I mean, everyone that's top in their field has a coach. Tiger Woods, Tony Robbins, like everyone, everyone has a coach because... Can you you imagine playing golf without a coach or playing baseball without a coach? I mean, nobody would imagine such a thing. So it's kind of funny that people will run a business without a coach. Right. Try and live a lifestyle of their dreams without yeah. getting some some coaching and, and some insight. It's just, yeah. there's power in having the third party perspective. You know, you, sometimes you just can't see the simple thing that's holding you back. And a lot of times it's mental, it's mindset, it's habit. And a, a little insight, a little, you know, piece of not even advice. Because I was talking to my my coach that was a Tony Robbins certified coach and I said, hey, can you give me some advice in this area? He said, hey, that's not my job. I'm not here to give you advice. I'm here to coach you. So what did you write down? And he brought me back to uh, what question was supposed to guide me that year, which we had done around the New Year's time. He said, what question you know, should guide you this year? And I wrote down the mm-hmm. question. And so he pointed me back to something we had previously done as an exercise. And that question that I had written myself actually answered the conundrum that I was currently in like nine months later. See? Yeah. So, so, uh, just like a therapist like for business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it, it's accountability is probably the most important part. It holds you accountable to the highest standard of yourself because you tell them, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is who I want to become. And then 
a week later they say, how's that going? <laughs> and you're like, oh man, you know? So just that, that little question, that little conversation, it's so driving, it's so motivating. So I'm nice. a big believer in it. So talking about, you know, success, it's easy mm-hmm. to see all the success on the public facing persona of someone and kind of be blinded by that. But I'm sure that there were a lot of learning lessons and failures along the way. So my next question, I'm, I'm curious if you're open to share, you know, like a failure that set you up for later success, or if, if you have a favorite failure of yours. Is that the new 2F system? Favorite, favorite failure? failure? Uh, look, I'll share um, one thing that I did. So I created a system called Scale Up Checkup. And Scale Up Checkup was a system designed to help business owners and entrepreneurs assess risks in their business, diagnose solutions to fill those the risks or repair the risks, and allow them to scale up for funding, for growth, or ultimately for exit. And to be candid, it was a great idea, a great concept. I created a, an algorithm-driven assessment tool. It cost me a lot of money. And that was when I, when I, when I was saying to you, I kind of went off track for a little with my old clients because I had built this system. Mm-hmm. And it cost a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of investment of my heart and soul. And at the end of the day, it needed a lot more money to probably millions of dollars to be able to be built the way that it needed to be built to be successful. And so I had to leave it and I even tried to incorporate it into what I'm doing and it could be easily incorporated, but I just let it go because it wasn't worth it. So, but it allowed me to move through that gracefully as gracefully as I could. And, um, you know, as much as it was a failure, it was also an opportunity. I built something and I, I, I went faced that fear and did it anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, I came back where my heart belonged, which is what I'm doing now. Awesome. That's a great learning lesson. Very difficult to leave something that's your baby that you've built from the ground up and spent countless hours and dollars on. And, and it becomes really difficult to walk away from something like that. So I commend you on being able to gain clarity, refocus and get back to, like you said, you know, what seems to be more in line with your purpose and and what you really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, kind of leads to the next question of what's your process for evaluating what to say no to? There's so many things to say yes to, and there's so many opportunities. And um, I, I'm curious if you have some kind of process that helps you identify what to say no to. I would not say that it's so much a process, although I would love it to be a process because I go a lot with what my gut tells me, but I also have a team. And so I run things by the team. And if they're like, what, what squirrel do you have now? Where are you going with this? I'm like, okay, uh, I guess that you're really not favoring this, but if they're all gung-ho about it, then I go for it. I only bring things in line with what I'm currently doing. So when I started with EXP, for example, my I was just like trying to bring people into my front line. Didn't matter who they were. You have a real estate license? Come in. Here you go. So guess what? I have 20 or I had 28 people in my front line. You know how many of them have been producers? Six or eight. Mm. Okay. It's not a good ratio, but that's because I wasn't focused on my core competency then. And now I am. So I only want producers in that are going to be aligned with what I'm doing. And that ultimately now is what is also happening. 
I think as we go through our business development and our business life, we realize that alignment is as important or more important than finance. And just because somebody's willing to pay your bill does not mean you want to work with them. Mm. I have a prospective client that I've been giving free advice to for two years because they have a tribe of people that would like to work with me. And so far, not a dollar has exchanged hands. And that's a big compromise for me because I don't do that. So it's it's challenging for me to, that's something I, I, I every time I try to say no, something like, it's my little thorn in my side, but I let it go because I know that there's a bigger upside. But at the end of the day, the reason I do that is because they are aligned with me. They aren't misaligned. So if they weren't aligned and they were all about money, then it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be as willing to go above and beyond for them. So my clients really get a piece of me. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's more than the, the money. If there's a much more different, different alignment or connection, then, then uh, there's more reason to say yes to something. A hundred percent. I mean, I can make money selling projects in Orlando every day of the week and helping people see their dreams through. And that's lovely. But when I work with clients, it's much more about how does it affect your family? How does this look for you in terms of your ability to visit these theme parks and see your dreams come true? And you know, I've always been a big Disney addict. So it's part of my MO. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Awesome. Well, I'm curious in the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? So I think my, the habit that's probably most improved my life is taking a little more time for my son he knows like, he's like, oh, another podcast, you know, and it's just me and him. So he's just turned 11. And certainly I'm always challenged in terms of finding that balance with him. And we had a very rough time through COVID, but just not sweating the small stuff is really a big piece of what I I focus on when now that I can't yell, it's kind of easier because I like this morning, I'm like screaming. He's like, mom, I promise I'm up. Don't yell, you know, because like then my throat hurts the whole day. So (laughs) it's kind of funny how, how this has happened. It's not funny, but it is because I can't yell anymore. (laughs) So it's forced me to take a little more time because I can't yell. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. It's it's an interesting turn of events, and you know now now you're here, but you're working on that balance of work and life, and it's always tough. You know, mm-hmm. there I had a coach that said work life balance is a myth because That's, it's definitely a myth. People will work with their coworkers and spend more time with them than their family. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just how and it I think works it's out. become more of a myth through COVID, especially for me yeah. because I was always. You know, like my boyfriend said, when we first met, which was two years ago, when I first joined EXP in December of that year, we went to 40 different networking things, 40 in one wow. month, right? And this year, I'll be lucky to go to two because I really don't want to see a million people and whatever. So it's been a very interesting thing because it's forced, it forces you to rethink what you were doing. And now we're in our cocoons in our homes, right? So work-life balance is really a myth because there is, it's not the separation of church and state anymore, right? There's no separation. I'm working from home. I used to be out working all the time, connecting, having lunch, da-da-da. 
totally life changing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I I really appreciate the the work from home benefits. Um, don't have kids yet, but I know that they're coming pretty soon because I just got married. Uh, oh, that's kind of the next step. Thank you. Don't rush it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no rush. But um, you know, when when the time comes, and so I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, being able to work from home and ideally have the discipline to be able to step away and be there for my my kids as well. That's that's the ideal. We'll see how it goes. Perfect. Um. Yeah. So is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? The only thing I guess is as realtors, I'm sure you have many realtors following you. Is it easy to work with people from other countries? And the answer is yes, as long as you work with me. But no, the answer mm-hmm. is yes. It is just as easy to work with people from other countries as long as they are willing to get their professional team in place. Don't try to give them advice. And if you want to find them a path to use real estate as a means to obtain an immigration visa. That is also a possibility depending on multifamily is a great option actually. So it it fits in well with the model. Passive investment isn't going to work, but active will. A question? No. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're, we're obviously aligned. We're both with EXP. So that's a good thing. And I'm happy to help anybody that's working with anybody from any country, but most especially from Canada. Just saying. Um, we have the ability to speak multiple languages as well. And I look forward to collaborating with you, Jeff, and bringing some business your way. Likewise, and vice versa. Very excited to make this connection and you know begin working with you and on multiple fronts. So with that being said, how can listeners contact you? So as I mentioned, you can go to investingacrossborders.net, realestateacrossborders.com, backslash webinar, backslash mastermind. Um, you can go and check out my YouTube channel, Investing Across Borders. I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You name it. I'm everywhere. And generally speaking, you can find us through Investing Across Borders. And I'm here to help. I have some great downloads that I'll share with you that are available, including one called How to Invest in Real Estate Across Borders Without Hitting Brick Walls and 10 Steps to Immigrate Through Real Estate. So those are the programs that I've developed and would love to share with your listeners. So thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to collaborating with you. Absolutely. Lauren Cohen, everyone. Multifaceted real estate professional, real estate lawyer, and has so many um, things to offer, so, so many values to offer the world. So definitely reach out to her if you want to refer business, get some insight on international or across-border investing slash real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate having you on, Lauren. Thank you so Thank much. You. And it's l- been a look pleasure, forward, Jeff. Yeah, look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.